From the international headquarters of the Sword of the Lord Publishers and Ministries here in downtown Murfreesboro, Tennessee, this is Making a Difference, and I'm Dr. Shelton Smith. And dear friends, welcome today, and listen, we are at Christmas weekend. Tomorrow's Christmas Eve, Sunday is Christmas Day, and uh, today we're going to interrupt our series of messages on precious promises. And we're going to do something today that I'm just going to call the birthday of the king. And we'll get to that in just a moment. But let me remind you, just because Christmas Day lands on a Sunday doesn't mean that we need to stay away from church. I tell you, it's a great time to be in church. I know in some parts of the country, Christmas Eve services are a big deal. And if you are able to go to church on Christmas Eve, I trust that you'll do that tomorrow. But be sure that come Sunday morning that you'll find your way to the house of God and you'll do what you can on his birthday to celebrate the Savior. Now, let me just make clear. We believe we ought to celebrate his birthday and we ought not to share that celebration with some mythical character. We do not think your celebration needs to get hung up in the chimney, so to speak. But let's just simply celebrate the birthday of King Jesus. Now, today, in order to make clear what I'm talking about, I'm going to just wander around in the Bible and give some things with very little comment, maybe a comment here or two. But I'm going to give you some things out of the Bible today that I think really helps me and I trust will help you to celebrate the Lord Jesus' birthday in a good, honorable, and powerful way. Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 6 prophesies, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Those five titles are all descriptive terms of the Lord Jesus Christ, and they are prophetic notes sounded 700-plus years before his birth in Bethlehem, alerting us, alerting the people of his day and those who would read it thereafter, that the Lord planned all of this. He put all of this in place to send his Son to be the Savior for us all. In Matthew chapter 1 and verse 23, there is a reference that alludes to another prophecy. You'll remember the one in Isaiah chapter 7 and verse 14. Well, here it is restated in Matthew 1:23. Behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. So yes, the Lord Jesus is God in the flesh. He is born in Bethlehem in a human body. And he lived here for a period of time, and he is the Son of God. He's God the Son, and he is rightly called Emmanuel, which is a term simply meaning that God is with us. In John chapter 1 and verse 1, the Bible says, In the beginning was the Word. Now, here again, we have a title that is given to the Lord Jesus. This title, the Word, is really distinctively given to him, exclusively to him, and this passage makes it very clear. It says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. 
All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehendeth it not. I mean, you're talking about a resume of the biography of the Lord Jesus. I mean, there is one that really lays out the picture in a grand way. He is God. He is deity. And he is the creator. Everything that was made back there that's recorded in Genesis 1, 2, and 3, all of that, the Bible tells us the Lord Jesus was a part of it. And that's why those verses say, let us, because God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost were all involved in that. And of course, this passage goes on to say that he holds the key to life, life physically and life spiritually. He holds the key to that, and he is the life that lights up the man that uh, will give his trust to the Lord Jesus. And even though we live in a world of darkness, the light of the Lord shines in that darkness, and the world may not get it. They may prefer to stay in the darkness. The Bible says further here in John chapter 3 that men love darkness rather than light because their deeds are evil. But the Lord Jesus shines the light, and whenever you and I proclaim the Lord Jesus, either in preaching or in personal witness, what are we doing? We're shining His light. We are being a light for Him and shining His light into the darkness to expose the things that are there and to make clear the need for the light. Now, we go ahead to read further. Colossians chapter 1 and verse 15, the Bible tells us that the Lord Jesus is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature. So when we see the Lord Jesus, we are seeing him in human flesh. Uh, chapter 2 of Colossians verse 9 says, In him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. That is, in his flesh, we are seeing the fullness of the Godhead. We're seeing God in the flesh. First Timothy chapter number 3 and verse 16 says, And without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. And you might ask the question, I might ask the question, well, what is the great mystery? Well, here it is laid out in the verse. God was manifest in the flesh justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, received up into glory. So what do we have here? It very clearly tells us that God was birthed in human flesh. First Timothy chapter 6 and verse 15 says, He shall show who is the blessed and only potentate, the King of kings and Lord of lords. Now remember, when we started today, I told you, that we're going to talk about the birthday of the king. Well, who are we talking about? We're talking about the Lord Jesus. And why do we call him a king? Because the Bible says he is king of kings, the king of kings. And we have every reason to celebrate him and celebrate his birth. Hebrews chapter 1 and verse 3 says, "...who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person, and upholding all things by the word of his power," When he had by himself purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. So here we see what he did. He went to the cross, took our sin load, took our sin burden on himself, and uh, then finally ascended back up to heaven and sits on the right hand of the Father. Revelation 19:16 says, He hath on his vesture and on his thigh a name written, King of kings 
and Lord of Lords. You know, a king in earthly terms is a human being. But what we have here in the Lord Jesus and why he's entitled to be king of kings is because he is Lord of lords. That is, he is God in the flesh. He is the Lord himself. And uh, he just is entitled to this kind of celebration because of who he is. Matthew chapter 3 and verse 17, the father said about the son and lo, a voice from heaven saying, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And that expression about his being pleased with what the son did and was doing is repeated in the Bible several different times. In 2 Peter chapter 1 and verse 17, the Bible says that he received from God the father honor and glory when there came a voice to him from the excellent glory, saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. John chapter 1, verse 34, John the Baptist said, I saw and bear record that this is the Son of God. John five thirty six. I have greater witness than that of John, for the works which the Father hath given me to finish, the same works that I do bear witness of me that the Father hath sent me. On and on, dear friends, the Bible goes with all kinds of testimony, all kinds of expressions of celebration about the Lord Jesus. John chapter 1 and verse 14 says, The Word, there's the title again, And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. And now let's look at John chapter 3 and verse 16. It says, and you know this, I'm guessing, it's a very, very well-known verse, and here's what it tells us. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Romans chapter 8 and verse 3 says, For what the law could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin condemned sin in the flesh. Listen, all of these passages, one after another, tell the story of what the Lord Jesus came to do. Now, we get into the latter part of John's gospel, and the Bible tells us, chapter 20 and verse 31, these are written that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and the believing you might have life through his name. 1 John 5, 13 says, These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life, and that you may believe on the name of the Son of God. 1 John 4, 10 says, Herein is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Hebrews chapter 1 and verse 2, Hath in these last days spoken unto us by his Son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds. In Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 14, Seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. Revelation chapter 1 and verse 5 says, And from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness and the first begotten of the dead and the prince of the kings of the earth, unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. 
My dear precious friend, what a wonderful, wonderful testimony we see over and over again here in the Bible. And that's why Hebrews 13, 8 says that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. I like these passages that just reveal to us the great, wonderful story and the testimony that we have concerning Christ. In Revelation chapter 22 and verse 13, the Bible says, I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. Yes, the Lord Jesus, I mean, when you look into the eons of eternity's past, the Lord Jesus was there. When you look at the present day, the Lord Jesus is here. And whenever you look into the eons, the ageless entities of eternity's future, the Lord Jesus will still be there. Why? Because he is the eternal God, and he is the one who was birthed in Bethlehem to be our Savior. And if you trust him, the Bible says, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. The Bible tells us that those who believe, he will allow them to be admitted to the family of God. It is by his grace, through faith that we put in him, that we are saved. Ephesians 2.8 tells us that. And the next verse says, it's not of our works, lest any man should boast. We are in fact entrusted with the salvation that the Lord gives us because we've put our trust in him. We've believed him and we've trusted him. We've yielded ourselves in trust to him. And dear friends, you'll understand why that here on the Friday before Christmas, with Christmas Eve coming tomorrow and Christmas Day then the following day on Sunday, you understand why I say let's make the birthday of the king something very, very special. Amen. Well, dear friends, I'd love to hear from you, and I trust that you'll write me a note and let me know that you hear the broadcast. Write to me, Dr. Shelton Smith, at P.O. Box 1099, Murfreesboro, Tennessee, 37133, and the email address is radio at swordofthelord.com. Until Monday, God bless you. Have a good rest of the day and a wonderful Christmas weekend. Goodbye for now. <music>